Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And... One of the preeminent hockey experts is ESPN.com's Emily Kaplan, who joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And Emily, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for your time today. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? We're doing well, Emily. And there's there's so many things to get into after Gary Bettman announced in his press conference yesterday that the NHL had taken take step forward to coming back. And uh, first thing I want to start with here is what is your thought on abandoning the regular se- rest of the regular season? Just saying, hey, we're going to jump right into the playoffs. Do you think that was a smart move for the NHL? I think so, Michelle. I, I feel like the longer we went without games, the more unreasonable it got. Um, and just to get the Detroit Red Wings, for example, all together to play 12 meaningless games, just as pointless at this point. That said, now that we're talking about potentially beginning in January, that's 10 months potentially without games for these guys on these stigmatized seven or whatever we want to call them. So it's a little bit rough, but this felt like the prudent decision to go forward and include as many teams as possible, but not include the teams that didn't really need to be there. I got to tell you, Emily, even though it's been a while, if uh, St. Louis Blues fans can watch the Red Wings' misery be extended for 12 more games, they would have taken it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's self-serving. Sure, I'm I'm sure Chicago fans would appreciate it as well. I live in Chicago, but um, those poor Red Wings, can we get them a little bit of a break? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Hey, uh, one of the things that we talked about earlier is we keep hearing about money, money, money with baseball. We haven't heard peep one about money with hockey. Why is that? And will we hear about it? I don't know if we're going to. And I do think that part of it is the nature of hockey players. They don't really like to talk about themselves, their personal finances. They would find that to be um, making themselves greater than the sport. And that's the antithesis of hockey, right? Um, but one of the things is that they understand NHL is not in great shape, and they're losing $1.2 billion if they can't stage any of these games and can recoup about half of that if they do. And, yes, that's the league's money, but it's also the players' money, and that would be reflected um, in later escrow payments that they'd have to give back, and, and it would reduce their salaries even more. So they understand that by going back there, they're helping themselves for the future, and even though um, maybe it's not ideal, um, it is better for the sport. And, and uh, one player I talked to said, you know, what's best for hockey right now is just visibility. Um, we need a hockey on the ice for the growth of the sport. And I think that's the mantra that a lot of players are taking right now. Emily, that's amazing because I was talking to Randy in the commercial break and I said, when you look at the way baseball is having this this disagreement publicly, a lot of fans are very turned off by them squabbling about money during these times. With the NBA, they're coming back, but you're having players saying, hey, star players like Damian Lillard saying, I, I might not even play if the games don't matter. In the NHL, you're not hearing things like that from players. You're not hearing things like that from owners. They've been relatively quiet and intentional with the way that they've announced their comeback. And I said to Randy that I never understood why hockey wasn't more popular in America, especially 
especially because of the intensity and, and just the tough nature of the playoffs. There's nothing like the NHL playoffs. And so I didn't wonder if ownership and players looked at this from a viability standpoint from the, the entire league and the future of the league and said, hey, the very best part of our league is going to be on display for a country and a sports fan that is desperate to watch sports. And if they're not considering just how this is going to help the sport in general moving forward. No, you're absolutely right, Michelle. And, you know, it's not just the NHL that's at stake here. It's hockey in general. You know, I was looking at the USA Hockey membership stats, and over the last two decades, there's only two years where there's been a dip in participation. One was 2004, 2005, and the other was 2012, 2013. Mm. And what are those both years? They're lockout years. And so I talked to USA exec, uh, Hockey Executive Director Pat Kelleher. He's like, that's absolutely correct. The visibility of the NHL is so important for grassroots hockey, for amateur hockey, for youth hockey. And I do think these players, especially understanding the growth that they still need to have here in America, get that the NHL has this power and and being on the ice can influence so many young kids who can see these guys on TV and say, hey, I want to play that sport as well. ESPN's Emily Kaplan with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. And Emily, you talked to Don Fear yesterday after Gary Bettman made the announcement and uh, your big takeaway, there's a lot that needs to be negotiated. What are the big things that hockey needs to, the, the hurdles that they need to get over before we can get back to getting to training camp? You know, one of the things is health and safety protocols. Like the PA and the league figured them out for phase two, which is these voluntary workouts. They haven't talked anything about phase three, which would be training camp, or phase four, which would be um, games. One of the things players voice their opinion on is the need that they wanted to have families with them uh, to travel with them to the bubbles. A lot of veteran players especially is like, I don't want to be away from my family for that long. Donald Ferris said that's still something that needs to be negotiated. And, you know, he thinks it's highly unlikely that guys will go months without seeing their family. But still, it's something that has to come to the table with the NHL. And then there's the issue of testing, which I just find fascinating because throughout this all, the NHL has taken this really ethical approach where it's like we're not going to step in front of the medical community. We're not going to procure tests um, where it's not appropriate. And then all of a sudden we hear, okay, if we get to phase two, which is the voluntary training, guys will be tested twice weekly. And then all of a sudden, Gary Bettman said yesterday that if we get to games, it's going to be once a day for all players. And we could be talking about twenty-five to 30,000 tests the NHL is using, which is millions of dollars. And he believes with his medical experts and the people he's talking to that tests will be readily available then. But that's a lot of money. And that's a lot of tests that we're talking about. Yeah, it sure is, Emily. Another aspect of this that Gary Bettman talked about yesterday that affects, you know, Blues fans here in St. Louis is the way that this is going to be constructed as far as seating is concerned. So the top four teams in each conference conference will play separate round-robin tournaments to determine the seating in the first round. I wonder if you've talked to any members of any of those top four teams in each conference or any players and how they're feeling about that. Because I think it's kind of torn here. Some people are saying, hey, we like the fact that a team like the Blues could go in and be facing tough teams that don't really have consequences. It's a way to sharpen them up. And then other people are saying, hey, they performed really well during the regular season. They should be rewarded for that in some sort of a seating arrangement. So I'm just curious if you've spoken to anyone that has any negative feelings about the round robin portion of this. Yeah, you know, when the NHLPA's executive board voted on it, it was a representative from all 31 teams. There's two teams that didn't like the format. 
One was the Carolina Hurricanes. They voted against it. And the other is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they're one of those teams that gets the quote-unquote buy. Um, and Alex Kalorn is their player rep. And he pretty much said, we don't like the fact that teams are going to come in and have to play us from playoff intensity, really. Like, they're going to have a whole series. They're going to be seasoned and ready. And, yes, you know, we'd be playing these round-robin games. And, and it is four seeding, but they're not as meaningful. So um, there was a little bit of pushback from those top teams, but – Ultimately, I do think everyone knows nothing can be perfect in this scenario. This is the way that appeases most people. Um, and it also creates a lot of opportunity for chaos, which, again, I think would be good for the sport and visibility. Emily, we know that there are going to be two hub cities. There are a lot of possibilities out there. What is either your, well, what's your informed opinion as to what the cities will be? My informed opinion is that I would be quite surprised if it's not Las Vegas at this point. Uh, the NHL is a long-standing relationship with that city. They know they can house up to 12 teams in one casino hotel. They've got enough sheets of ice um, in Vegas, you know, despite everybody rolling their eyes that Vegas is in a hockey city. They really have built a bunch of ranks. Um, the NHL also would like to go to Canada um, and pick a Canadian city for a couple of reasons. One, it's just a really Canadian league, and it just feels kind of appropriate, one in the U.S., one in Canada. Two, it's a lot cheaper to stage a game there right now, and the NHL is counting pennies. Um, but one issue the NHL found is that the Canadian government is forcing anyone who crosses the border to quarantine for 14 days. And the NHL pretty much said yesterday, if they don't ease those restrictions, that's going to be a non-starter for us because time is of the essence. So if they don't go to Canada, I would guess it would be either Columbus, Pittsburgh, um, the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, or Dallas. Uh, that would be my informed opinion. Emily, great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. Hopefully we'll get uh, hockey back sooner rather than later, and we'll be talking again soon. Awesome. I always enjoy chatting to you guys. Have a good one. You too. Take care.